0: Hello and welcome to Paladino Live where we are never one dimensional and that is definitely going to be the case today here on episode number 19 as we return to the trifecta as the Minnesota Wild and the Minnesota Timberwolves make some small news and we're going to get into the Minnesota Twins so all three in that order Wild, Wolves and Twins it is a trifecta ladies and gentlemen. And we are here on thesportstuff.com. I thank any and all of you for downloading and listening to this wonderful podcast on this wonderful website, thesportstuff.com, also on iTunes. All of you iTunes listeners, welcome aboard. Do check out thesportstuff.com. We do have a message boards where you can interact with other members of this website and also uh, Don't forget to call the voicemail line. It is 916-912-4263. 916-912-4263. I apologize. That is a voicemail number. That's where you can be a part of the show or any other show here on thesportstuff.com. Simply treat it as a voicemail, as you normally would. Say which show you are addressing. Make your comment, opinion, whatever. Now... Here on Paladino Live, we're gonna hop right into the Minnesota Wild, as I said, right after this announcement. What's up, listeners? This is Farzine. I am the host of the Chiefs End Zone Show, right here on thesportsstuff.com, where we cover the Kansas City Chiefs, give our opinions, and go deep inside with the Kansas City Chiefs right here, only on thesportsstuff.com. We encourage you Chiefs fans, you loud Chiefs fans out there, to get on the show, voice your opinions, get on our boards, and talk with us. All listeners, including Bronco fans, are allowed in our show. So be sure you check out the Chiefs end zone show right here on thesportsstuff.com with me, your host, Farzine. And we are back here on thesportstuff.com, here on Paladino Live, again, episode number 19. Of course, today being July 10th in the year 2008, and we are ready to dive into the Minnesota Wild. Now, they make a little news here, as that is the goal of this show to cover news about the Minnesota Wild. Wolves and twins and of course cover games during the regular season and playoffs of these teams if if they ever make the playoffs No, well the wild did the twins might we'll see um The minnesota wild signed owen nolan Owen nolan remember him? Yeah, fairly well-known guy Member of the Oh the san jose sharks the calgary flames just last year uh, he's 36 years old. He recorded 16 goals and 16 assists, amassing 71 penalty minutes. Uh, I didn't expect this at all. I really didn't, this kind of move, especially right after Doug Risebrow made a comment saying that there's two spots open and they want to give those two spots to young guys. All right, well, I guess the 36-year-old is young enough for, for them, huh? Well, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I don't dislike the acquisition Um, Certainly didn't blow anyone's socks off But uh, Owen Nolan of course Was a captain for the San Jose Sharks Over the years and alternate captain for the Calgary Flames last year Of course amassing his 32 points And plus minus of 6 A positive 6 He's a very very tough Individual Uh, every single time I see Anybody mess with any of the San Jose Sharks or whoever whatever team Owen Nolan is I mean I always remember him as a shark Pretty much he would come right into the fray immediately, and you know, really get things going. You know, like say, hey, you know, you mess with us, you're gonna mess with me first. You know, he pretty much would start knocking people around. Uh, you know, <laughs> as an opposing team, it would drive you crazy. Like, man, this this guy is annoying. Get the heck out of here. This guy's just this guy's nothing but a troublemaker. <laughs> but you know, as a teammate, or you know, as a member of your team, I guess you could say I'm not exactly on on the wild. But uh, for the Wild, yeah, he's the kind of guy you absolutely love. You absolutely love the kind of guy like this, a guy who's more brash and willing to stick his neck out for his teammates. Um, Owen Nolan was the first overall pick, first overall pick by the Quebec Nordiques in 1990, back in the good old days, back when uh, Lemieux and Gretzky were still fairly young, were having some wonderful success in the National Hockey League. Owen Nolan has had a heck of a career. Um, Played his first five seasons with Quebec, you know, and, uh, well, his sixth year was in Colorado, traded to San Jose during that season. That was the year Colorado won the Stanley Cup, so Owen Nolan, not a member of the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche, in their inaugural season in uh, Colorado after leaving Quebec for Denver, um, played the next eight years, or seven years, I guess, well, eight, it's kind of like a half and a half, seven and a half years in San Jose where, he was a fixture for that franchise, and they had some very tough, tough teams. Uh, several years, he had well over 100 penalty minutes. He also had lots of years with 60, 50, 60 points. He had 84 points in 99-2000. Um, of course, that's a long, long time ago. But uh, I'm going to tell you a real quick story, something that uh, conveniently was around that 99-2000 time. Now, the Minnesota Wild, we're going to start after that season, Right. All right, yeah. So this was the summer of uh, 2000, before the Wild started playing. There was a uh, uh, sports, you know, sports gear store, right? And there's a Minnesota Wild jersey, and it said Nolan on the back. And I'm like, wait, 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 what's going on? The Wild got Owen Nolan. I didn't think they'd get somebody that big of a name <laughs> on the team in their inaugural season. Why would he come here? I'm like, what's going on? What's going on here? but of course the number really was, it wasn't number 11 i didn't realize at the time that owen nolan was number 11 it was number 16 or something and yeah i have no idea why somebody made a jersey saying nolan on it must have been somebody's last name but it was an interesting little 5 second dream right there like what the heck owen nolan's on the wild wow of course back then owen nolan was uh significantly younger and it uh, was a uh, you know, borderline franchise type of player at the time, or at least a captain type of guy. Um, well, he's on the wild now, here in the year 2008. Uh, Nolan has faced some injury issues, especially uh, he, of course, injured when on the Toronto Maple Leafs in the year 2003-2004. He did play 65 games, but went through an injury that year. Of course, did not play during the lockout year, but did not play the year after The lockout. So, uh, you know, ever since then, his numbers have been, mm, they've been okay. Owen Nolan, 48 points in 2000. uh, Well, no, that was was the year he got hurt. I mean, (laughs) last year with Phoenix, or two years ago with Phoenix, he had 40 points, 56 uh, penalty minutes, and last year, of course, the 32. So, numbers dropping, as you might expect. Uh, He did play 76 games at Phoenix, 77 in Calgary. So, Hopefully injury's not gonna be an issue with him with the wild and his what could be his final two years is it was a two year ditty with the wild. And uh so it was yeah, two years, two point seven five million a year. So uh gosh, yeah, it's not too bad, not too great, but uh, we'll see what happens. It's uh it's just one of those little type of deals. That you just yeah you add a veteran, you hope for the best. Um, Calgary fans adding or Calgary adding Hibert They of course lose Husalius. The Wild pursuit Husalius did not get him. As um, and of course, as I mentioned in last week's show, no Marcus Naslin and uh, Brendan Morrison, the other guy, the Wild Raffer, is expected to sign with the Calgary Calgary Ducks. No. Anaheim Ducks, I apologize, and uh, Dimmy, Pavel Dimitra, signs with Canucks today, with the Canucks today, at $4 million a year. That's pretty expensive, so more than, of course, the Wild were paying Brian Ralston, way more than the Wild have, are giving um, uh, Andrew Brunette. So, because Andrew Brunette's making about, oh, anywhere from 2.1 to 2.3-ish, it's not horrible. That's a great deal, actually, for a nice, solid guy like uh, Bruno Wild fans, and uh, especially, especially sports columnists, not too excited about the makeup of this team right now. And, um, well, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. It would have been a heck of a lot more attractive if the Wild were able to bring in Marcus Naslin instead of Owen Nolan. Brunette I liked a lot. But, uh, yeah, Matt Nin instead of, like, maybe Rome Morrison or something, not too exciting either. We're just kind of right back to the, I don't know, right back to the getting rugged guys I guess it's okay because um, that's the kind of team the Wild made a run with. But then, of course, the entire time it's like, man, just imagine if we had goal scores. And then last year we kind of had goal scores, kinda, but then we weren't tough. So it's just kind of a seesaw battle where it's just never good enough. And um, classic Minnesota team, classic Minnesota team. The Minnesota Wild—they're fitting in very well right now, <laughs> as uh, their first playoff appearance looked like they might be something else, something special. Not anymore. Not anymore. I don't see them as getting out of the first round right now with the makeup of this team. Uh, very few others do. Oh, yeah, we also signed a guy named uh, Thomas Moses. Thomas Moses or something. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. He's from Russia, and uh, he's. A, it's a two-line contract where he'll probably start out the year in... Uh, in Houston. The Houston Arrows are AHL affiliate for the Minnesota Wild, but uh, that's where we're at right now. Eh, Familiar names coming to the Wild. Of course, Nolan and Brunette, very well-known guys, but I don't know. Hard to say. It would have been a to have uh, Hosa and Naslin. How about that? That would have been pretty sexy stuff. I think Wild fans would have been very excited. Would have been a buzz. Like Maybe have Brunette and Hosa and Naslin. Ooh, yeah. That would have worked out pretty good. But uh, not the case, the Wild not getting a center at all in this deal. I thought Owen Nolan was one. Apparently, no, he's a right winger. So I apologize for that as well, for my lack of knowledge on uh, Owen Nolan. But with that, we're going to conclude this talk of the Minnesota Wild. And we'll be right back with uh, Small Wolves Move. Here on thesportstuff.com, get on board the Vikings ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and MediaFly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. And we are back here on Paladino Live, and it is time to talk about the Timberwolves. Yes, the Timberwolves, a team that's kind of gone under the radar the last week or two here in the Twin Cities, in the the uh, KFAN media, you could call it Minnesota sports media. They've gotten a little quiet despite the fact that uh, free agent news is free agent news. Free agency has opened up completely now in the NBA, and um, Baron Davis going to the Los Angeles Clippers. The Los Angeles Clippers, Baron Davis. Now, you think, yeah, that's cool. That's cool, yeah. You, you unite him. I mean, you bring him with, uh, you add him to, uh, oh, maybe the likes of Elton Brand and Corey Maggette if they stick around. That would be pretty cool. Baron Davis ready to rock and roll with the Clippers, right? Oh, wait. Corey Maggette signed with the Warriors, and uh, Elton Brand... Goes to the Philadelphia 76ers, a team that very few, I mean, was not even really on the uh, the radar according to rumors and stuff. You know, there's always rumors and this team's talking to this guy and all that stuff. Well, yeah, 76ers, I never would have dreamt that. That would, that surprised the heck out of me. And uh, but the 76ers needed some some cap space. They needed about oh 2.8 million dollars of cap space, right? So who do they call? Who are you gonna call? The Timberwolves. The 76ers call the Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves have a $2.8 million trade exception from the Miami Heat in that uh, Antoine Walker, Baron Davis, or Baron Davis, Ricky Davis, Mark Blunt, oh, thank God he's gone, deal. So, yeah, I didn't even realize we had a trade exception from that deal. I don't even, I don't really remember seeing that reported in the news back at the time. But, uh, well, Go figure. There it is, and, uh, we bring in the Timberwolves, that is B and we, bring in Rodney Carney and Calvin Booth. The center, Calvin Booth, Rodney Carney's a swing man. He was a, uh, first round pick, by the way, Carney, I believe he. And, uh, yes, it was 16th pick by the Chicago Bulls in 2006. Now, uh, Rodney Carney, not the full, key to the trade. The key to the key trade was uh, the Timberwolves acquire yet another first round draft pick. This was a draft pick that the Sixers acquired from the Utah Jazz uh, for Kyle Korver. Three point specialist Kyle Korver who really helped the Utah Jazz last year actually. Quite a bit. has uh, been reported many times over. That was a great move for the Jazz. Uh, Rodney Carney seeing uh, sparing playing time. Nothing not much, but uh, you know enough to at least show that he's got some talent, a little bit. Uh, played 67 games in his rookie year, 70 last year, but his minutes decrease from his rookie year. His uh, rookie year, he averaged 17 minutes, 23 seconds a game, and last year 14:48. Um, his field goal percentage also dropped in both three-point and You know, just regular overall field goal percentage went from 46.4 to 40.3. His three point percentage went from 34.7 to 31.7. So, uh, I guess Philadelphia not too excited about him, so they were willing to deal him away in the small end move, but of course, you know, they got the, they got the big fish. They caught the big fish, Elton Brand, for 82 million. Five years, 82 million dollars. Now, Kelvin Booth, I was a little concerned because he seemed... I mean, Kelvin Booth reeked of uh, another one of those players who's got like kind of like a semi-expensive contract, even though he sucks. <laughs> but uh, the good news is Kelvin Booth is on an expiring contract worth only, and I say this uh, very carefully on only, $1.1 million, and it expires this year. So... Uh, either you buy him out or you just absorb it because it's about as small a contract as you're going to get for a guy who's been in the league as long as Kelvin Booth. Uh, we'll see what happens. The Wolves. Kevin McHale made a comment saying they expect to bring Kelvin Booth into training camp in October. So we'll see how that goes. He, I mean, hey, center is a position of need. Now, Kelvin Booth's not going to fit anybody's need because, uh, well. <laughs> He hasn't even played that many games. Lots of DNPs for him. Did not play. Coach's decision. He, in Washington, he played. See, two years ago, he played only thirty-three games for the Washington Wizards. you know, averaged uh, about seven and a half minutes a game last year, eight and a half, and or not last year, two years ago, eight and a half, uh, and last year only six and a half. So, well. That's what he is. He's an end of the bench kind of guy. He averaged less than a point a game. 1.2 rebounds. Um, he does block shots though a little bit. So, that's the one thing he can do. And he's been known to do. But other than that, not much of, uh, anything really over his career. Six foot eleven, 250. Not really a big guy. But, um, I'm, really all he does is block shots a little bit. That's the only thing that stands out to me. And, uh, that's, well, who knows if he'll even be here. It'd be a small buyout if, if they were to buy him out. Uh, of course, it would count against the cap, but so what? That's pretty much a minimum deal, as I said. Ronnie Carney, though, is the kind of guy, there's a possibility. Um, obviously, they said he if he's going to play, he's going to have to earn it, just like Kirk Snyder earned it last year. And, um, unfortunately, Kirk Snyder, I, there's a pretty good chance he's not going to be back with the Wolves. As uh, there's talks at Boston that he will be signing with Boston. So good move for both parties on that one, for Kirk Snyder and the Celtics. Good move on both parts. Kirk Snyder, a valuable player who would be a nice defensive specialist off the bench and a little bit of energy. He's got a really nice field goal percentage last year, 50% plus. Excellent uh, move if the Celtics indeed do acquire Kirk Snyder. Uh, I'd love to keep him here, but Carney might end up, you know, there might not be enough chairs. It's musical chairs right now. There might not be any chair for uh, Kirk Snyder to sit down in. That's the problem. So, we'll see. The first round pick, of course, of course, lottery protected. But who said the Utah Jazz are going to be in the lottery? Uh, it, the, except this one's a little bit beyond lottery. It is, uh, they said it was believed to be 15th pick protected, but no, that's incorrect. It's actually 22. Up to the 22nd pick, Utah, a very good basketball team. So uh, if they're not in that top 7 or 8 team in the league range next year, we'll most likely have the pick the following year, that big 2010 year, when uh, things could be interesting. Um, Or actually, no, just next year. What am I talking about? 2009. No, 2010. I'm really sorry. I'm not... My brain is just mixed up right now. Yeah, it would be the big 2010 year where it would be protected to 16. So very likely we'll get the pick by then. Uh, there's to, uh, They say if it's not by the year 2013, the pick would then become a second-round pick. That's not going to happen. The Utah Jazz are excellent. There's no way, unless everybody gets hurt, basically. And, uh, yeah, that the pick would then become a second-round pick. It'll never, ever, ever be a lottery pick, despite... No, I mean, no matter how Utah turns out, so that's established. But, hey, you know, there's the Josh Howards. There's the Tony Parkers. You never know in the mid to late first round anything can happen. And there uh, been countless good players. Just I, I hope they don't take a rush on a service. That's always the number one concern with this team. Um, with that, though, that's pretty much it right now for the Wolves, other than uh, we're still sitting and waiting to hear what is going on with Ryan Gomes Craig Smith Chris Richard, Sebastian Telfair And of course Kirk Snyder uh, Kirk Snyder most likely out Craig Smith Nothing that I know of No rumors either way about coming back here What he wants Or uh, teams that are talking to him no, rumor, no rumors or anything on Gomes either Nothing It's very quiet right now uh, they are getting calls. We know they're getting calls. I mean, they're valuable players. They're not Baron Davis or uh, Corey Maggette or or whoever, Steve Nash or anything, but they're pieces to a team. They're nice guys off the bench or maybe even starter when it comes to gums. Uh, tell fair though, there is talk that, well, Kevin McHale made a comment yesterday in the paper saying that, well, right now they want more money than we can give, so that's not good. I might mean like $5 million or something. Uh, no, you do not sign Sebastian Telfair for $5 million a year. You say thank you for the nice year last year. It was fun. Good luck with whoever you're going to play with and <laughs> hope you get as much playing time as you did here, you know, which he probably won't. So, uh, who knows what's going to happen with Telfair. Uh, there's a possibility he'll come back. Who knows? His agent is Andy Miller. He's very familiar with the Wolves. So, uh, I believe he's Kevin Garnett's agent, too, Andy Miller. So, Oh, goody. So we're going to see what happens at that. Uh, Chris Richard, no idea. Not the most exciting player. Doesn't really do much for too many people yet. We'll see. Um, so we're still sitting and waiting. It's the waiting game, and that's a bummer. But, yeah, Wolves news did happen, so that's why it was talked about today. And uh, with that, we're going to move right on into the Minnesota Twins here in a few seconds. And we are back here on Paladino Live and um, it is time to get into some twins baseball. Now there has been some good there's been some positives and some negatives. so unfortunately there is going to be some negativity to report. And uh, I know all you YouTubers out there that hated my Twins video I did last November. You're going to be like, oh, great, here he goes back to negative. And, of course, the team <laughs> that I was strongly rooting for last year, last October, Boston Celtics. Boston Red Sox sweeping the Twins Monday through Wednesday, three-game sweep. But um, before that, though, the Twins sweep the Indians. So that was a lot of fun, July 4th through 6th. Uh, and we're going to get into that real quick. Now, Friday, the 4th of July, a day after my most recent show, the Twins kicked the Cleveland Indians butt, 12-3. to uh, Delman Young had a fantastic game that night, got to watch a little bit of the game, and uh, he was 3-for-5. His third homer of the year, well, hit his second, but had his third homer, because, of course, his first homer, inside the park. Four RBI. For Delman Young, four RBI. Excellent. Um, his batting average at .289 after that game. And uh, he now, at that point, had got his 33rd RBI after the fourth one. Nice game for Delman Young. Nick Punto, also homers and also his four RBI. Nick Punto coming to life, as you'll see here in the future games I'm about to talk about. He gets his 13th RBI. Justin Morneau continuing to be the MVP of this team. Two hits, two RBI. No homer, but yeah, 65 RBI after this game. Great job. Livon Hernandez, eh, okay. Decent outing. Six innings pitched. Three earned runs. Four walks, unfortunately. Three walks, unfortunately. Four strikeouts. Two homers given up, but Livon pulls out his ninth win. His ERA, 518 after this game. Um... Brandon Bass, Matt Guerrero, and Jesse Crane shut him out in the 7th, 8th, and 9th innings. Very good job by the Twins' bullpen. On this night, anyway. Um, Denard Span batting ninth, getting a single hit. But his batting average 295. Very nice. Denard Span, a guy who is going to get more and more talk. Unfortunately, he was caught stealing in this game. Brendan Harris getting two hits. The shortstop, his batting average continuing to creep up getting his 23rd RBI as well in this night. Gomez 0 for 4, struggled, uh, unfortunately, two strikeouts. And they were pretty ugly, both of them, for Gomez. Not the greatest game for him. Kubel getting two hits, continuing to do a good job. His batting average also climbing up as it was 267 at the end of that game. Not too shabby. Now we're going to quickly move right along into the following game. A nine to one win with Kevin Slowey pitching 9-1, 9-6 on Saturday, the 5th of July. Player of the game for the Twins in this night. 1 for 2 Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer was 1 for 2 with a homer and one RBI. Um, Maurer getting his fourth Homer and 37th Ribby of the year. Not bad at all. Castilla Continuing to be solid, getting two RBI as well. 34 RBI for your number two hitter. That ain't bad, man, for your second baseman. And he wasn't here all year either. Castilla just absolutely valuable. Just loving him. And how can you not? Craig Monroe getting some playing time. DH getting two RBI in this game, a big hit. And his RBI total moving up to 28. Um... Nobody majorly stood out as uh, every well everybody got a hit in this game except for Justin Morneau, so not bad at all. He at least got a got a walk, so he got on base once. Uh, Maurer was walked three times, that's why it only counted as two at bats in the game. Uh, span solid as well, two walks as well for Denard Span, including a hit. His batting average eclipsing the 300 mark. Denard Span. A guy who is really starting to to move up. But uh, Delman Young, he did get a hit, but he left six men on base, uh, frustrating a lot of people, including two strikeouts, and, of course, just killer at best for him. But the Twins do score nine runs, so I can't complain too much about old Delman just yet, uh, solid team effort for the Twins on this particular night And of course the guy who is about as good a team player on this team, Joe Mauer Being the player of the game, so that makes a lot of sense Kevin Slowy getting the win, but struggling a little bit Struggling a little bit as he did today, and I'll mention that At the at the end here, that was the most recent game of course Slowey's record goes up to 6-6 six and six. Of course, six innings, five earned runs, though. Unfortunately, getting six strikeouts, though. Kevin Slowey starting to pick up the strikeouts. Bonser out of the bullpen, one inning, one earned run. Oh, goody. Oh, Boof Bonser. I don't know about him. Guerrero solid again, an inning, no earned runs and a strikeout. Joe Nathan, the best closer. I that pretty much about as good a closer in the in the world. Shutting down the Indians in the ninth inning. No strikeouts, but his ERA only one two six. 24th save of the year Great job by the All-Star The All-Star Joe Nathan As the other two All-Stars of course Were the M&M brothers Joe Maurer, Justin Morneau Going to the All-Star game Now the Twins on Sunday The 6th of July Complete the sweep of the Twins In a 4-3 game in the Dome A very close But well played game for the Twins Glenn Perkins, solid outing. Seven innings, three earned runs, three strikeouts. Matt Guerrero, again, one inning and no earned runs. So doing decent in the eighth inning. And, of course, Joe Nathan, again, this time with two strikeouts in the ninth and making his 25th stay. A great game for Joe Nathan once again as he just continues to do his job. The Twins only got seven hits, seven hits in this game. Uh, player of the game for the Twins, Denard Spann. Yeah. Um, guy's name you're going to keep hearing, I think, as this year continues. Moving his batting average up to 312. Getting a ribby as well. He's only his fifth, but, uh, he's at such limited playing time. Uh, there's only so much he can do. Uh, n- only one hit for Gomez, Castilla, Redmond, Young, <laughs> Harris, Punto, and of course Span. So nobody with multiple hits. Morneau no hits again on this night, so uh, that's that's okay. This Morneau's name is going to be mentioned pretty soon. He's going to, he's not the kind of guy who's going to disappear. That's for sure. Um, nothing major things stood out in this game other than just solid pitching by the Twins. Um, not the worst pitching ever. I mean Lee on the Cleveland Indians drops to only eleven and two, only his second loss of the year, as he has been an unbelievable pitcher for the struggling Indians. Uh, yeah, I said that right. Eleven and two. Two point four three ERA. Wow. But he gave up four runs on this night and uh did get his six six strikeouts, but they, uh, the twins got him. The twins got him and that make this team look awfully good. But now the frustration sets in as we go to Fenway. To play the best team in the world, the Boston Red Sox, the world champions. Twins lose one to nothing. Oh, man. Not fun. Uh, Matsuzaka. I believe they call him Dice K. Matsuzaka. Seven and a third innings. No earned runs. Gave up six hits, five strikeouts, three walks. Great game. Uh, another Japanese pitcher, Okajima. Gets the win on this game. He goes to two and two. He pitched two-thirds of an innings and got the job done. Ah, man, look at those pitchers. Woo! And, of course, Papelbon, the other great closer, and uh, shuts out the Twins in the bottom or top of the ninth for his 26th save, so very Joe Nathan-like there. His earned run average, 2.33. Okajima, 2.87. Matsuzaka, Not a single Red Sox pitcher on this particular night has an ERA over three for the year. That's pretty amazing. Some deadly pitchers there for the Red Sox and that's why they are a great baseball team. Justin Morneau, well, he was the player of the game because he got two hits and he's the only twin who got two hits. Batting average moves up to 3.10. Uh, Delman Young again. Seven runs left on base. Yeah, Delman Young, Delman Young, Delman Young. Because he swings at any and every pitch that comes his way. Uh, There'll be runners on second and third, and he'll swing and pop it up or whatever, ground it to short, whatever he does. uh, It's been very frustrating with Delman Young. Uh, A lot of people not happy with with him right now with how he's done for this team. Leaves too many men on base. Uh, His batting average is not bad, though. But it sure doesn't reflect on what he does and how he gets out. It kills us, man. Absolutely kills us. Uh, a lot of people just, ooh yeah, 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 I better drop it for now before I go too crazy. Uh Player of the game for the Red Sox, Manny Ramirez getting a huge hit late in the game, in the eighth inning. Big game. Big job by Manny. Two hits. Two for four. And, of course, yeah, that game-winning RBI, the only Red Sox with two hits. And uh, he gets it done 54th ribby of the year So there's that Uh, Scotty Baker Forgot to mention who pitched for the Twins Scott Baker, 7 innings Only 5 hits, no earned runs Walked 2, struck out 7 Scotty Baker A lot of people can call him the Twins ace Bass just Man, he only pitched a third of an inning Or got one out And uh, gave up 2 hits And Randy Ramirez's big hit so people second-guessing the manager a little bit by having Bastian in that situation. Not really the kind of guy you want in there to hold hold the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox. A lot of people would say his ERA is 4.58, so he's nothing special. Jesse Crane, solid, uh, got the next two outs to keep the Twins within one. His ERA is only 2.75, by the way. Jesse Crane is starting to show some good signs here that he's recovering from that injury. So... Uh, just a bummer loss for the twins. nothing horrible though as Scott Baker continuing to do what he does best and that's pitch great. Uh, another one run loss Tuesday Oh yep another one run loss. this one was five to six. Tuesday the eighth of July box score time and uh Brendan Harris the player of the game for the twins. Kevin Euculus was three for four. For the Red Sox. No RBI, but three hits, and those hits were important. Um, Harris, two for four, two ribbies. No homers for the Twins in this game. Punto driving his 15th run in. Span getting his 6th. Young is 34th, though good for Delman, finally doing something. <laughs> um, Harris has 27 RBI at this point. Two hits for five guys on the Twins. The Twins got 11 hits in this game, just couldn't get her done. Two hits for Morno. Two hits for Young. Two hits for Harris. Two hits for Punto. Two hits for the emerging Denard span. Uh Punto was caught stealing in this game. No steals again for the Twins. That's been gotten real quiet. Uh, early on, there was steal, steal, steal for Gomez, and uh that's gotten real quiet. Gomez over four. Two men left on. He struck out twice again. Monroe. He's the he's the The uh, culprit for leaving men on base. Fourteen men were left left on in this game, by the way. Fourteen men were left on base in this game. So, uh, man, it's just, oh, very frustrating. The Red Sox getting people getting out of the jams when they need to. And that's why they're the best team in the world. Monroe leaving five men on. His batting average is only 211, by the way. Oh, for four. Man alive. And I like Monroe. I like what he brings to this team, but I don't like his batting average. That sucks. Delmon Young getting two hits. He didn't leave anybody on, and he even drove a run in. So there's a little sitting ovation for Delmon Young. Good job not leaving anybody on, so at least he didn't kill us. Harris starting at third and playing at third throughout the game on this night. Interesting. Brendan Harris, a utility guy for the Twins. Punto. Probably the best defensive shortstop on this team, I would have to say, at this point in time. He was 2 for 4, and he got an RBI. Not bad. Denard Span driving in the other run. As I mentioned, he was 2 for 3. His betting average creeps up to 315. Not bad. Punto, by the way, is almost batting 300 after this game. 297. Not bad by Nicky Punto as uh. He's having a much better year. He struggled so badly last year, but uh, looks like he shook it off, and he's sticking around in the, uh, in the big leagues because he, he's back in his his role. He's in the right state of mind now being a backup. He's not a starter at all, uh, you know, and he's a multi, you know, he's a utility infielder, and it's nice to have him on this team. I'm really glad he's performing well. Oh, boy, Wednesday the 9th. Yeah. Josh Josh Beckett against Livin Hernandez. The way Livon Hernandez has been pitching, not a good new not good news when you're going against Josh Beckett. Baseball immortality. He's won two world championships with two different teams and he's been the ace of both of them. The uh Florida Marlins in two thousand three and the Boston Red Sox last season, two thousand and seven. ha! boy. Eighteen to five, folks. Eighteen to five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't all Liv on Hernandez's fault. No, I can't say that. <laughs> the bullpen just sucked in this game. Absolutely sucked. Uh, but let's get the Twins really started here really quick. First, uh, got to give somebody the player of the game, right? Justin Morneau, 2-for-5, homer, 2-RBI. Not bad. Kevin Euclidus again, beating up the Twins pretty good. 3-for-5, a homer, 4-RBI. Uh man. Manny Ramirez, of course, a deadly has been deadly to the twins this entire series. He had three hits, three RBI. So uh <laughs> the only reason Euclid was rated the overall player of the game is because he had one more RBI. Otherwise, Manny Ramirez has just murdered the twins this series, as pretty much all the important hits came from him late in the game. Delman Young improving, though, in this series, and that's good. Three for five. Nobody left on again. Delman Young Moving his batting average up to 293. Not bad. Busher finally bidding playing time again. I don't know what happened there. Is they kind of sat him down for a few games. Over two. Over two. But his batting average still over 300. Of course, that's a bloated 300 because, yeah, he hasn't really been playing much. Denard Spann. Now, this could be a hint of what the Twins might be doing in the future. Denard Spann leads off. Yes, leading off for the Twins, Denard Span. He draws two walks and gets a hit. So Bernard, Bernard, Denard Span got on base three times in this game. That is the job of a leadoff hitter to draw, to not only try to get a hit, but to draw walks. So we'll see what happens at the head. Castilla, still the number two hitter, getting one hit, one for five, but his betting average staying over 300 at 309. Maurer, two hits and three at 3 counted at bats, official at bats you call them. Uh 2 RBI for him. Castillo left four guys on in this game. Morneau left four guys on. Nick Puto left five guys on. Mike Lamb left four guys on. <sighs> 22 22 men left on base in this game. Now that's not saying the Twins are going to score 18 runs or anything cuz I <laughs> They're not gonna score eighteen runs, but still that's just that's still an alarming stat. When you have the opportunity to score, get it done. At least get some of those guys in. That's a lot of people left on base, man. That's unbelievable. Fourteen hits in this game for the twins. And uh, yeah, twenty two men left on. Wheoe. It's terrible. Terrible. Punto was five was two for five, so it looks okay, but when you see what he did, yeah, leaving all those men on horrible. Mike Lamb getting to play at first, so finally getting a little playing time for Mike Lamb again, dusting him off as he has just been a complete joke for the Twins, a two-year deal, they're screwed on that one, they're absolutely screwed because you didn't want (laughs) not the kind of guy you want to lock up for two years with how he's performed, just didn't work out at all, ah, boy. Not much positivity. I mean, yeah, the Twins showing some offensive stuff a little bit until they left everybody on base. But what a frustrating game. Morneau getting his 13th home run. That's good. 67 RBI. Cool getting his 44th RBI. Punto is 16th. Maurer, his 38th. Uh, Maurer's batting average all the way up to 328. That's excellent. But, yeah, that's the end of that positivity as the Red Sox just kill us. Four hits for Ellsbury. Ah, oh, man. Two hits for Pedroya, Three hits for Uclus. Three hits for Ramirez. Two hits for Lowell. Three hits for Kay- Sean Casey. Two for Veritek. Two for Lugo. 23 hits by the Red Sox. Now, they left 19 men on. What the heck? They probably could have scored like 80 runs away. that game was going, huh? Woo-wee. Yeah, Livon Hernandez. 4.1 innings. So, four and a third innings pitched for Livon Six earned runs, no walks, surprisingly, two Ks. His ERA gets bloated up to 5.44. Great. Boof Bonser back to his usual self. One and two-thirds innings, four earned runs. So his ERA, he is the top ERA guy for the Twins at 6.5. Keep it up, Boof. No one's going to catch you now, man. Keep it up. Breslow, who had been a nice addition for the Twins, struggling mightily in this game as well. Only a third of an inning. Two earned runs. Yeah. Brandon Bass, awful. 1.1 innings. Five earned runs. Bloating his ERA up to 5.27. Benny Race even gives up an earned run. He has been unbelievable this year. But a very costly earned run as he only pitched a third of an inning. So his ERA nearing three at 292. Josh Beckett wasn't great in this game at all. A bad outing, actually, for Josh Beckett. Five innings, five and in runs. Izzy already nearing four. Uh, but he does pick up the win at nine and five. Uh Livon Hernandez got the loss, nine and six. So, yeah. Uh, just a nasty, nasty game. If, if you're a baseball purist at all, crappy, crappy game. Awful. And we're going to leave it at that. We're going to move on to the next game. And the final game was today. Yes, today. I'm going to talk about it today. As it was a very exciting game. Twins played a matinee at Detroit. And they won. 7-6. So, (laughs) they get out of the doldrums of that three-game losing streak. Pull off an 11-inning thriller. Justin Morneau kind of going going Kirby Puckett today. Five for five. Five for five. Four, five, Justin Morneau. Awesome, 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 awesome game for him. And he's not the only guy who had an awesome game, by the way. He only had one RBI. Kind of funny, but that's how it goes. Uh, Nick Punto had three hits today, bringing his batting average all the way up to 320. Um, Morneau's batting average up to 324. He's he's one of the top batters in the American League now, as he's only four points behind Joe Mauer who pinch hit today and uh, drove a run-in. So good news in that category. knows uh, homer, though, was, the, was what turned out to be the game winner. That was huge. That hit was off of Dulcie in the 11th inning, as you might expect. Uh, Craig Monroe struggling, continuing to struggle at DH. 0 for 3, batting average of 2.07. Great. Mike Lamb, pitch hit, 0 for 2, 224 batting average. Good for him. Good job. Delman Young, awful again. 0 for 6. He did drive a run in, but 0 for 6. Only two men left on, so congratulations in that category. At least it wasn't that bad. Now the other guy who played really, 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 really good today, Denard Spann, 4 for 4 officially, 4 for 4. Awesome. Batting average, 361. Of course, bloated because of limited playing time, but... This guy needs to stay in this lineup, if possible. He, he needs to stay up here in Minnesota when Michael Kodair comes back. I would rather have Denard Span than Michael Kodair. A lot of people will probably say, yeah, whatever. It's just a young player who's hot. Michael Kodair's established. Yeah, but Michael is established to be an, a streaky, frustrating guy. Yeah, he really is. Other than in 2006... My like a Dyer drives me crazy? He reminds me of Jacques Jones. He'll get on his hot streaks. He'll go, oh, three for five. He'll hit a home run and drive in six runs or whatever. And then, and then he'll have another game where he'll be two for four, and he'll drive in three runs. Oh, yeah, here we go. This guy's an all-star. And then he'll be three for his next 30. You know, I, I can't stand that. All, all while driving, leaving men on base, striking out, popping up, just all the kind of stuff that kills runs and kills rallies. Last thing you need, uh, I don't hate Kadair. He's got a great throwing arm, and yeah, when he does get hot, he can carry a team just like Jacques Jones could. But, uh, I don't know, I really like Denard Span. I really like what he's brought to this team. He's a valuable asset. And, uh, well, if you're going to play Kadir, and they're going to, of course, I mean, yeah, of, of course. But uh, you got to keep Denard Span in a consistent role on this team. Uh, row, if it's rotating the four outfielders a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, Delmon Young can sit down too a little bit for Denard Span, right? I would think so. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta rotate a little bit. It'd be worth it. Gives the people some playing time. Gomez is inconsistent. He can sit down once in a while too. Definitely gotta rotate a little bit. It's more than worth it. I've heard that from multiple people. And, uh, it's a good idea. It really is. Uh, Morneau, the only twin to Homer in this game. Bernard Spann getting his 7th RBI. Carlos Gomez is 31st RBI. Castilla is 36th. Castilla, though, leaving men on again. So he's starting to struggle a little bit. Uh, He's starting to go south a little bit. And, of course, you know, in baseball that does happen. You go on a hot run and a cold run. Hopefully Castilla gets out of his and uh, he can get that batting average or keep that batting average over 300. It's still at 306, so definitely no panic time for him. He's just been awesome. And he did, of course, as I said, get his run batted in. Now, <laughs> I like to Castilla has more RBI than Delman Young. Delman Young got his 36th, Delman Young got his 35th. Got his 35th. Your second baseman has more RBI than the guy who was a number one overall pick because of power. Delman Young was believed to be a powerful guy, right? 30, 40 homers a year. Okay. Castilla also has more homers than Young. Hmm. Okay, well. Whatever. Hey, keep it up, Castilla, And Delman Young, step it up. Maurer getting his 39th RBI. Morneau is 68th on that big homer late in the game. That's definitely how things went. Uh, Twins leaving 19 runners on base again, though. Struggling some more. Detroit leaving 19 runners on base as well. So I guess you really can't complain. Both teams did it. Kevin Slowy struggles again. So he's kind of going south a little bit. Is he, he batted three, or batted, he pitched three and two-thirds innings. Six earned runs. His, batting, or his earned run average goes up to three point, or 4.26. I can't talk. I apologize. Um, so, Slowy is the array now north of four. So that's a bummer. Hopefully he can get out of that pretty soon. Matt Guerrero, big today. Two innings. He pitched the 10th and 11th inning. Struck out one, only gave up one hit. Not bad at all. Nathan walked three guys, though. That was frustrating, despite getting two strikeouts. But at least he (laughs) kept us going. We survived, thank God. So Nathan pitching out of the jam there in the bottom of the ninth. Very dangerous situation. Ray's doing his job. Two strikeouts and pitching an inning. Crane, excellent as well. Two innings, only giving up one hit. Jesse Crane, continuing to do well. Kenny Rogers, actually what they call a quality outing. Seven innings, though he did give up nine hits. That's the big problem. Three earned runs. He did not lose the game uh, as uh, it went to Dulce, who pitched two innings, two and a third innings, but he gave up the big homer to Justin Morneau. A very exciting game for the Minnesota Twins, and uh, they, of course, escape the losing streak, they ended at 3, and let's hope the Twins can continue tomorrow against the Detroit Tigers, as this is a going to be a weekend series against our division rival, and we need to continue to play well. We've done well against Detroit. This is a four-game ditty, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, tomorrow you got Glenn Perkins against Galarraga, Scott Baker against Robertson, Nikki Blackburn against Jason Verlander. So, alrighty then. I like our chances with all these young pitchers. I don't know about a sweep, but hopefully we can go 3-1. That's what the Twins have to do in this type of situation. Detroit, a dangerous team and emerging. So, uh, they're, what, four and a half games behind the Twins right now. Twins trail the White Sox by three. Kansas City pretty much out of the running because they're just, you know, they're just not going to make it. Cleveland's in last. They dealt away CC Sabathia to the Milwaukee Brewers. Huge addition for the Brewers. Are they going to catch the Cubs? Who knows? The Cubs got hardened. So, tough to say what's going to happen over there in that very excellent division that hosts the Cubs and Brewers. And with that, we're going to conclude Paladino Live, Episode 19. I hope you enjoyed the extensive Twins coverage as finally I get to Talk about them I uh, hope I didn't Go a little too long (laughs) I Might try to shorten it up a little bit here As things move on but uh, Hey you know I guess that's the way it goes That's the way it goes and with that uh, I'm going to wish all of you A good weekend and uh, It's going to be hot and humid here (laughs) Hopefully it's not where you live Uh, Get out enjoy the sun Have some fun, take care, and we'll see you next week for The Milestone, episode number 20. Until then, peace out.